Vincent the Dude. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon from Freight Alley, everybody. Did you have a good Father's Day? I took, I, uh, I took the kids to go see Lightyear, and we also went right up the street to go check out uh, the Hunter Museum. Hadn't oh, the been Hunter there. Museum, yeah. Been here for like three years now, still haven't gotten to the first time Museum. you went up there. Yeah. yeah, and it was they had a fantasy exhibit, and if you look right there, you're probably not a dork enough to, to recognize that, but that's the cover no. in 1991. It's a Jeff Easley. It's the original artwork that's on the cover of the AD&D Player's Handbook. 1991. So if you grew up my generation, you know exactly what the hell that is. If you were a geek, if you were a geek, you said you were going to get a mohawk. I don't. I don't see it. It didn't. It didn't work. Dude, it was pathetic looking. Never left the barber shop. Yeah. But I did have a great Father's Day. We went up to Okoe and went rafting, did all that kind of stuff, yeah. bouldering and that kind of thing. It was a great time. I'm interested in Buzz Lightyear though. Did you connect with him after knowing him from Toy Story or no? Nah, it's a wait for wait for Disney Plus. So yeah. it's a weird premise. Like the movie starts off at. And they're like, this is a this is the movie from 1995 that yeah. inspired Andy to get into Buzz Lightyear. Okay. So you're like, wow, this must be like a ro- a rollicking space adventure. And yeah. No, it's it's like about marooned space rangers. Oh, okay. That's that's as much as I'll say. It's a wait for <laughs> Disney Plus. All right, I got you. I'll give it. Got that. you. We got a ton going. Oh wait, number of the day. Let's get to the number of the day before we oh, go okay. to uh, to a couple more things here. Number of the day: one point eight four seven trillion. That's the total U.S. business spending on logistics Whoa. in twenty twenty one. That's a twenty two point four percent increase over twenty twenty, and eleven point eight percent ahead of twenty nineteen. That's according to CSCMP annual state of logistics report. In fact, we spent so much wow. on logistics last year. I think it was th- what three times as much as oil. Yeah, yeah, I, thought, I, I, uh, I think Craig tweeted that out, our CEO, our CEO tweeted that out, right, Craig Fuller? Well, the gas nice. companies, or at least the states and uh, the government, might be making a little less money on gas. We've all heard about this <laughs> gas tax holiday, a three-month one that Biden is proposing. It's uh, been very controversial ever since it's been mentioned. A lot of different schools of thoughts. The American Trucking Associations, their president, CEO Chris Spear, issued this statement. He said after months of touting the passage of the well-funded Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, a much-needed investment in our nation's road and bridges. The Biden administration wants to cut that same highway system's primary source of funding with the suspension of the federal fuel tax. Here are three immediate things this administration and Congress can do that will actually make a difference. He said, make, energy, make America energy independent, stop kissing the ring of Saudi Arabia, renew trade agreements with Europe and uh, Asia-Pacific nations in order to export more American oil mm. and natural gas, and balance the budget. Stop wasting our earned tax. Where did the bu- balance in the budget come in there? I think he just threw that in there as a... Why know. not? Yeah. Well, yeah I think he asks. said he wrote three, and then he needed to come up with a third. Okay, well, Patrick Dahan, <laughs> so what does this mean for us if this actually goes through? Well, Patrick Dahan from Gas Buddy, he says, the federal gas holiday, tax holiday being proposed would provide some relief. It's huge if states follow Biden's request to waive their own state's tax on gasoline and diesel and could spike the savings from 18 cents to nearly 50, 50 cents per, uh, per gallon. Yeah, I'd like to hear somebody discuss what the unintended consequences would be, though, that we'd have to pay for. It seems like you're kicking a can down the road, but I don't know exactly what the negatives might be on that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it sounds like a good idea, but... 
We'll see. What would happen? Yeah. We'll talk to some guests about it yeah, today. Yeah, I don't know. On the show, though, we're going to be focusing pretty heavily on double brokering. Someone reached out to Rooster and I last week. They had this big, long story about identity theft and double brokering, what was going on. So we'll get to that a little bit later when the Back the Truck Up crew comes on here. Yeah. We're going to have Rachel up in just a minute. She's going to talk about retail inventories and also a record high net revocation of trucking authorities. Uh, Alan Adler will be with us, FreightWave's own Alan Adler, talking about used truck prices trending downwards. But wait it out. Is it a good time to buy a truck? I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll find out. Uh, he also went on a trip to Cummins, and uh, we might get a look at like one of the world's oldest engines or something, or Cummins' yeah. oldest engine. It's really cool. It's some pretty cool information out there, right? Yeah, we'll also get to uh, you know make our fat asses a little bit smaller. Trucking fitness company <laughs> founder Mark Manera is uh, getting drivers in gear and lightening our load with a pre-trip inspection. Spoiler, he's going to tell you to drink water. Instead of, instead of uh, milkshakes, right? Is that a spoiler? Yeah, it is. Mm. Let's tip the band, then we'll get to Rachel. Autonomous trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall. If you're ready to seize it, start re-engineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at Tell them, Dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai for turnkey solutions immediately after this show. All right, where in New York is Rachel Premack today? Let's bring her up. Rachel, where are you? Uh, oh, oh, we can't see you today. You have a phonographic. See? Where are you? Ooh. There he is. It's getting <gasps> more and more mysterious. I'm at my apartment where... I know. I'm at my apartment for once. Uh, mm. However, our uh, Wi-Fi is super spotty, so it's just my voice today. I don't buy um, it. I don't buy it. I'm starting to think maybe I should just fly down to Chattanooga once a week for, for my 10-minute spot. Yeah, gig city, man. That'd be great. You Well, if you saw Ingrid on here, yeah. since she was in the studio, we let her co-host the entire show with us. Um, <laughs> oh, big, yeah. Big, so, okay. Rachel, big well, time. Yeah, I'll come down. Big topic that's been going on is, uh, well, today it's that gas, right? The, the gas holiday, if that's going to happen or not. But the other yeah. one that's been argued among supply chain pundits left and right is what's going on with retail inventory. Is it inflation? Is it deflation? Is it both? Is it a bullwhip causing it all? Let's uh, start off by looking at some inventories first. If we can show this graphic. Rachel, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Right. So the big box retailers, so thinking Walmart, Target, Home Depot, the sorts of, you know, chain staples, they have seen inventories explode, but sales really not increase at the same rate. And the biggest, uh, I guess, example of this has definitely been Target. So a few, um, you know, during their earnings reports uh, last month, they said that, oh, you know, our profit margin is going to be lower than we thought. Uh, They definitely disappointed investors. And then a few weeks after that, they said, oh, actually, in profit margin will be even lower than what we were expecting. And we're going to be flashing prices on certain goods, canceling incoming orders. And it's definitely unusual for a company to be slashing profit expectations, you know, just a few weeks after its earnings report. And um, investors were really narrowing down <clears throat> specifically into the that inventory change. So, um, comparing the first quarter of 2022 to the first quarter of 2021, Target's inventory increased by 43%, but sales increased by less than 4% over that mm-hmm. same time period. So what we really see is a lot of big box, big box retailers beefing up on how much they have uh, in their warehouses, but sales have not increased at that same sort of explosive rate. 
I think it's interesting, Rachel, to look at the different types and where those inventories went. You know what I'm saying? Like TJX up 36, and you see Target up 43, and Amazon up 46, and Walmart. But then, like, Best Buy is only 9.36% up. And Lowe's and Home Depot is really yeah. interesting to me because Lowe's lost sales 3.12%. And you just think about yeah. the marketing and even the inside of those. Is it because Home Depot is more sticky with the contractors and the trades than Lowe's? Or what? just interesting to see the different strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't speak to Lowe's versus Home Depot because they definitely, you know, play in the same space, but I can definitely say just looking generally at, you know, a Best Buy or a Lowe's or a Home Depot, those bigger ticket items, you know, the TVs, the couches, the, um, you know, the big lawnmowers, mm-hmm. the hot tubs, those were really hot items in 2021 because people had lots of stimulus cash and they didn't really have anywhere to spend it other than, oh, you know, let's get that, that's, let's get that big TV, let's get that hot tub that maybe we couldn't afford before. Those are also pricier, you know, piece of equipment to move rather than, you know, a T-shirt or uh, you yeah. know, a smaller piece of, of equipment. And those those big big and bulky are definitely the types of the types of items that we are seeing less and less demand for as, you know, some consumers just buy less, uh, you know, hit by inflation and other consumers just spend their money on travel or hotels or restaurants, things they couldn't do in the last few years. So, but is this good for the consumer? Does this mean a lot of sales are coming to Target? Do we at least have that going for us? Yes, yeah, sales are coming to Target. Uh, Forbes actually called this quote "markdown mania." So we're seeing big sales on things like uh, televisions, patio sets, uh, you know, kind of typical kind of apparel and clothing. Um, is this going to have a market effect on inflation? That that kind of remains to be seen. But if you are, you know, in the market for kitchen appliances, then this is this is your time to shine. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is def- yeah, it, it's good for kind of niche sort of home furnishings and appliances and, and those sorts of things, if you're yes. trying to buy those. Yeah, I was going to ask items. you. I was going to ask you that effect on the market inflation, what was going on there, because it takes certain events like this that can make some drastic changes. But more, more to mm-hmm. what impact does this have on um, the inventory strategies of of these companies? Right? I mean, or, or what is their appetite to try and lower this or correct this, and maybe miss out on sales further or have lower, you know, stock on shelves later on, or do they keep buying and importing at the regular and just let these sales take care of it? Yeah, so right now they're canceling they have canceled certain inbound orders. So that's that's one thing they're doing. Um Target specifically says they're trying to clear their current uh inventory so they can make room for back to school. Um which is coming up in what, two months? So, you know, kind of the the cost ticking on that. Um but you know, at a certain point they're going to have to be scaling back up again for uh the for holiday shopping for Christmas shopping that's coming up in uh, that sort of scale up is coming in a, in a few more months. Um, yeah. Rachel, let me interrupt so this broadcast to remind, let me forth. interrupt this broadcast to remind my kids. You mentioned summer reading Ronan, Sebastian, two months to school. <laughs> Got to get through those summer reading lists. All right. Thank you. Please proceed. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, so it's, 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 
the way the way that supply chains have been these past few past few years is just like massive whiplash. So, you know, inventory scaled way up in early 2020, or rather mid to late 2020, after scaling way down uh, right before COVID, and now it's going the opposite direction. Um, it's just it's just a massive you know shift in inventories to sales, and it's it's very challenging for a lot of these retailers and shippers to keep up with. Um, some retailers even say, uh, you know, the National Retail Federation said last month that they expect port volume to roughly match what we saw in 2021. Um, certain analysts don't agree with that. Of course, the data folks at FreightWave say that uh, we are going to see massive downturns in ocean imports coming in the, in the next month or so. So it's, there, there's a lot of confusion in the market, and no, one's really know, no one really knows what's going on, and I think we're going to see more chaos uh, coming ahead. Well, speaking of record numbers, there is a record number of new authorities in the year previous. But I understand that coming up in modes tomorrow is something about a record mm-hmm. high net revocation of trucking authorities. Can you tease that for us? What do we have to look forward to or not look forward to? Yeah. So <laughs> we yeah, not look forward to. Um, yeah. But basically, owner operators, you know, it's the same story we've been kind of talking about for the last few months. Owner operators have been hit with incredibly high diesel rates, record high diesel rates, uh, spot rates declining at an unusually fast pace, pace, and lots of the spot volumes moving back to the contract side. So this is great. This is great if you're a large carrier. If you're a small carrier, especially one that joined the industry in the past, um, past year, year and a half, it's not so great, especially because you're probably paying off incredibly high um, truck lease payments as well. So, uh, you know, in these past months, we've seen record high truck revocations, which means that truck drivers are turning in their authorities, no longer paying insurance on their, on their operating authority. Mm-hmm. And um, some of these drivers are, you know, maybe going back to being company drivers or they're leasing their truck back to a larger carrier, or maybe they're just leaving trucking overall. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that, that's what happens. I mean, you yeah. go, the rates are high. You go out on your own. You get your own authority. Rates are mm-hmm. low. You go shelter in place with uh, with the mega. Yeah. Send Rachel. She can't shelter in place from the wheel yeah. of stupid questions, though. So you yeah, spin no. that around and see what kind of question <laughs> we get for her today. All right. Let's see. All right. Are you ready, Rachel? What is yeah. a mystery? What is a mystery from your life that drives you nuts and you don't have the answer to? Okay. I have a great response to this. So, All right. I don't know if others will relate to this, but I feel like when I was a kid, I prepared a lot for the idea of quicksand. I was, I read a lot. I talked with my friends a lot about this idea that we were going to be encountering quicksand all the time and we would need to know how to get out of it. I have yet to experience quicksand and I have traveled fairly widely. I've hiked, I've done all these things. I've never been in like, you know, the jungle, but I, I don't know. I don't know where this quicksand is. You, I, and I know I'm not the only one who was, <laughs> who was like taken by the idea of quicksand. I don't know if it's a generational thing. Anyways, if anyone listening to this can also confirm to me that they were also obsessed with quicksand, I would love to love to talk more. Well, I think we all were, but you were <laughs> wrong because Trent. you should have you should have worried about sinkholes. I mean, they're they're the real sinkholes problem. are the real problem. Yeah, but you sure. obviously you haven't been to the fire swamps with Dread Private Roberts. Otherwise, you would know about all about this quicksand. 
all about the quicksand. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for your time no, today. We'll let, you, we'll let you get back to thank modes. Thank you. Take care and to solve your quicksand. Of course. Thank you. Mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's now. Well, now we got to go. Well, Alan Adler's outdoors. He might be in some quicksand right now. Who I can knows? see him in the green room. Let's jump over to him. Alan Adler is Detroit bureau chief over at Freightways, and it looks like he's uh, having a nice picnic or something out there. What's going on, Alan? Well, we could have a picnic if I could turn this around and the sun didn't get in the way. You would have a beautiful view of Lake Michigan. Uh, oh. which is where we are. And uh, we found this place last year and we love it. So yeah, it's a vacation week, but uh, yeah, this is real. This is not some dojo thing in the background there. <laughs> so you, are you, I, yeah, I'm not, not a, in Detroit because I happen to know that Lake Michigan is not by Detroit. Well, he's such a hard worker. He is on vacation yeah. too, and he's still coming on yeah. the show anyway. Alan, you get some of uh, the ultimate respect for you, brother. And you, Michael, both of you. You know, it's an interesting time in the supply chain. So we just talked to Rachel about inventory, right? Inventory being mismatched, but a lot of retailers, I think it was actually something like 26% on the Russell 3000, like over 26% inventory. But is the same thing happening in the used truck market? We were all told and trained over the past year, don't go out, go, don't buy a used car or truck. The, the, the prices are way inflated, weighted out. Are we getting to that point in the, in the weight out that it's almost time to go get a truck? What's happening? Not not at retail yet, guys. Um, the, the, the auction numbers are starting to fall. You're starting to see about 6% a month a decline in prices in auction. But remember, you're up over 100% in, in especially, you know, lightly used or, you know, four, three to four-year-old trucks. So those prices are still uh, very, very high. The, it, it, you know, some of the foam is coming off them a little bit uh, as the months go by. Uh, the, the retail prices tend to trail that by two to three months. So in a few months, you should see retail start to settle back a little bit. But we're a long way from getting back to sort of pre-pandemic pricing. Um, you know, and Rachel mentioned, you know, the lease payments and the authorities being turned in and things like that. Those are all phenomenon that come with this, because if you bought high and that's all you could do really in terms of getting equipment, mm -hmm. uh, if you bought high, you're stuck right now. If you didn't, you probably have to wait a little longer to do it. Now, we are starting to see more uh, equipment come into the market, uh, which basically, you know, we had this had this issue with semiconductors and the sort of the everything shortage that was preventing new trucks from being built, still is. Uh, but you've got a situation now where it's getting a little bit better on some supply things. And so you're getting a little bit better production, certainly have a little better retail sales for uh, new trucks last month. And so uh, it's it's easing up a little bit there. And what, what that does is that allows more of the used equipment to go into auction, uh, even go into retail, uh, you know, stores that can take it on. Um, so you're starting to see a little bit of the pressure come off uh, and, and some of the heat come off of it, but we're still a long way from anything that would resemble uh, what you might think of as normal prices. So, Alan, there's a there's a lot of dynamics going on in this in the used truck pricing and and, and the and the new retail, right? There was all these orders that happened. You had to wait on these orders. Now, some of those orders are starting to come in. The new ones are starting to come in. And you got fleets who want to buy low and sell high, right? And and uh, you're at a time where the highs are starting to come off of those at the same time that those looking for used are starting to exit the market a little bit. How does that affect things? And are we going to see some really major type of fluctuations go on before this settles down into what something normal? I, I think we've got such a pent-up demand, Michael, that uh, it, it'll get absorbed. I don't think okay. you're going to see, you know, uh, fire sales, so to speak, or anything like that, because you've got a hundred thousand, roughly a hundred thousand units of pent-up demand that that haven't been filled. You're coming into a period now 
looking at 2024 where you're going to have new emission regulations. Therefore, you should look for a pre-bike, you know, on 2023 and, you know, 2024 model year uh, trucks and things like that. That could that could be 20 percent uh, of of the buy simply because there's enough states have adopted California's advanced clean truck rule that will, uh, you know, you'll try to buy trucks that, that sort of grandfather in, if you will. And uh, so there's a lot of demand out there, um, even for, you know, good used trucks that are, you know, 2018 and newer. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to go wanting. I think there's going to be plenty of uh, plenty of buyers. I think the prices will moderate a little bit over the months, but you're not going to see uh, anybody that, that uh, you know, putting stuff on sale, maybe older stuff, you know, 2015, 2016, you know, those prices bounce around all the time. And those are the trucks that quite honestly, the, the O and O's that have the stomach to stay in the business, you know, that, that did activate an authority in the last couple of years and are trying to make a go of it. That's the stuff they're going to buy. They can't afford the newer stuff and it's going to be gone anyway. Um, so I think, you know, rather than seeing a lot of cancellations, I asked, uh, asked this question to the trailer guys last week, a couple of them that we talked to, and they said, nope, we're not seeing any cancellations. There's plenty of demand out there for what we can build. And, uh, you know, so we're not, we're not seeing an imbalance there at all. Now, Michael Vins, can you break down this OO driver percentage chart? Can you guys show that real quick? Michael Vins, tell us what we're looking at here before we move yeah, on. To comments. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. So this is uh, th so this is uh, TCA benchmarking, and this is uh, blue. This is showing the percent of owner operators uh, or owner operators as a percent of actual fleets, right? And the blue is dry van, the green is reefer, and the orange is flatbed. So it's showing you uh, over uh, the past all, oh, I forget how many years there, probably four or five years there, of the percent of fleets that are actual owner operators in those fleets. And you can see it dropping uh, near the end there. And really since, uh, I don't know, 20, or 2021, beginning of 20, 2021 into 2022. And according to Rachel, she should have some new data on that tomorrow. Yeah. So stay tuned to modes for more of that. But now I just want to hear a little bit about your trip over to Cummins because I read Truck Talk over Father's Day weekend and had some cool pictures in there, like this one of uh, the oldest engine at Cummins ever, if you guys could show. Yeah, take a look at that. Tell us why you went Very down to Cummins cool. and uh, what, what was going on there. Well, what's interesting about Cummins is, you know, they, they haven't really had people around, uh, you know, media types around for about five years. And so they, they really did turn the fire hose on in terms of uh, lots of information. Their big message is that we're not going to get to uh, sort of uh, net zero carbon or anything like that if we just wait around for electric trucks and hydrogen powered fuel cells. They feel that there's a lot of interim steps, uh, whether they stick around or, or not, things like uh, – uh, internal combustion engines that can run on hydrogen and can run on natural gas and renewable natural gas. And so uh, their big message is there's no time to waste in terms of waiting for, you know, letting the good be the enemy of the perfect, I guess. And and basically, let's get doing stuff now. Let's look at it from a well-to-wheel perspective rather than just a tank-to-wheel, meaning don't just think about what happens when you put fuel in or you run the truck on batteries, but think about where that energy is coming from and what's mm. being used to make that energy. So, so a big picture uh, message from them and, and a lot of real interesting stuff that is going on down there. They spent a lot of time talking about these, uh, they call them agnostic uh, uh, fuel engines or uh, you know, engines that can run on multiple things. They spent some time, uh, you know, going into uh, the hydrogen space. They've, they've done a lot of investment in hydrogen and a lot of purchases of, of other companies and things like that. So they're well situated in what are called uh, electrolyzers 
as well as other things that make up, uh, you know, hydrogen. They've got fuel cell trains in Germany that they're doing. A company they bought a few years ago called Hydrogenics is, is behind a lot of that. And so they're positioning themselves on the hydrogen side. They're going to cross over, guys, at some point from being uh, what we think of as an engine manufacturer to a new power a company and they have a new power division that's where all the electrification and the hydrogen stuff resides a lot of the real fancy stuff that you know might be wireless charging things like that that they're working on all of that is tucked into this new power group uh, it doesn't make any money yet uh, but it's getting closer to sort of a an ebit uh, uh, break even and you know but and so the old engines the the diesel engine business which they're sort of number one in uh that pays for all this new stuff right now but eventually these other things probably will pay their way and cummins has a you know fascinating technology uh, center that they do a number of interesting things. i have the coolest uh 3d printed uh, little uh wrench that they gave us um as a kind of a tchotchke but wow. this thing really works you got it with and, you, you know, 3D, is it there did you bring uh, it yeah no, you got it show it to it, me I forget about all their one. new stuff. Who cares about their new stuff, Alan? You're yeah. prattering on and on, waxing poetic. Blabbering, we just want to know blabbering. about the museum, man. What was the yeah. coolest thing that you saw at that museum? That, that uh, okay, so the, the show and tell of that 1919 engine, which actually predates, you know, it was a, an engine that came into being before Cummins actually started as a company. But, uh, you know, there was a video. I don't know if you guys have the video, but but basically it fired this bad boy up at six horsepower, just like your lawnmower. Uh, although in this case, this was a, a, a little earlier than our lawnmowers. But um, it is just one of the coolest things. What you're looking at there, that engine and, you know, the spark and, and, and all that goes on with it, it does, you know, they have a little vent above it because it does spew out some pretty nasty uh, smoke when it gets fired up, but it, it still runs. And, uh, you know, this was uh, number 142, although we're not sure if that's right because they may have started counting at 100. So it could be oh. the 42nd engine oh, okay. that was ever made. Um, and and so this is this is kind of cool. They've got a lot of cars, uh, you know, Plessy Cummins uh, moved down to Florida in the 1930s and he equipped a 1936 Cadillac with a, Cummins diesel engine for the trip rather than, you know, run a whatever GM had put in that in that vehicle. And uh, so just some great stuff, uh, you know, good heritage kind of stuff. You know, coming out of GM, we had a heritage uh, museum, quite honestly, to die for up there. And I was awful impressed by what Cummins had, had pulled together over its 103 years. I wonder, why GM never GM. Took, I wonder why GM never took the uh, diesel further with the Cadillac, right? The Cadillac diesel Cadillac. Hey, should we go to uh, Wheel's sure. Stupid Questions? Maybe that's the mystery of his life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, dead. So we got the wheel of stupid questions here. Did you hear the question? Here it is. Let me give it to you. I I did. Right. It is. What's a mystery from your life that drives you nuts and you don't have the answer for? This one's a little crazy, but I think you'll appreciate this. I wonder why, uh, and it can be DC or Marvel comic books, why they feel the need to renumber every so often and screw us up. When I was young, I had a really nice collection of action comics, which is Superman, right? And I went, you know, a hundred and, oh, I don't know, 300 and some issues. And they, they never really did renumber that one, but everything else has been renumbered over the years. And, and it, so it's really kind of hard to understand to me. It's a mystery why we have to have multiple number ones of things. Yeah, I think it's a, um, I think it's a conspiracy, right? I think that they're doing it just to trick the the collectors and the uh, the collectors to obfuscate it, to take transparency yeah, out of the market. Yeah, 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 yeah. They need sonar for comic yeah, books. Well. Alan, thank you <laughs> so much for coming on the show today. Subscribe to uh, Truck Talk. Get it on the or Tech Talk. I'm sorry, is it Truck Talk or Tech Talk? Truck, Wait, well, now it's Truck, truck, truck Talk. Truck Tech Truck Tech Talk. I had it both. I had it both right, but both wrong. A while back. Yeah, it's That's still there. Why. 
Okay. There I still it call is. it by the original name. I still call every grocery store Ralph's from my time living in California. Anyway, take <laughs> it take take it easy, Alan. We appreciate your time. <laughs> my always yells at me. Thank I'm like, you. I, I'm like, when you when you stop by Ralph's, can you get like a salad kit? She'll be like, uh, Publix, you mean? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> you mean Publix? <laughs> when you stop by Publix, can you get us some low calorie beverages? Because I read an article this morning that told me I should not be sipping my calories. It it was from Dr. Mark Manera of Trucking uh, Fits up on backthetruckup.com right now, and he's here with us freshly back. From Greece. Mark, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Greece looked pretty. What are we looking at here? Let's take a look at this picture. It looks like, uh, did you wow. take out one of those oh sailboats? Yeah, so we uh, we uh, rented out one of those boats for a week and went island to island to island. And oh my God, it was, uh, maybe I got off my health and my diet and my nutrition. I ate a little bit too much gelato and euros, but it was worth it for the week you're in there. And uh, oh my gosh, Greece is beautiful. But at least you were probably drinking water and not sipping your calories, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Who's this? Who's, yeah, who's this? Yeah, exactly. They're already training them young out <laughs> oh, there in uh, Greece. Yeah, we're, we're parked. We were parked at a port, and then uh, this guy just starts driving down, the, driving down, and I was like, I got to take a photo of this. This is awesome. So, uh, yeah, they're teaching them young uh, in Greece. I love it. <laughs> Mark, I just pulled into a Love's Travel Stop. I'm thirsty, man. I'm parched. I'm thinking about getting a drink and getting a snack. I don't know, maybe Coca-Cola, maybe a fountain drink, maybe something. What should I be thinking about as I enter that Love's? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people, drivers, if they're in the office, in the warehouse, there's a lot of people who are putting and trying to lose weight. And when it comes to losing weight, it's all about finding and getting into a caloric deficit. And when you're trying to cut down the amount of calories, they did a study and they showed that the average American, I think 50% of American adults are drinking some type of calorie-filled sugary drink on every single day. And I think when you start adding up those Dr. Peppers, Mountain Dews, mm. if it's energy drinks, uh, it's really difficult for you to start getting in that caloric deficit and starting to lose weight because, you know, a lot of those sodas are, you know, they're honestly empty calories and, and they're not filling you up. They're not giving you the nutrition you need. Um, and so you drink them and then you're still hungry or you just still want more. And so what I recommend is, you know, exactly what I wrote in the article is don't sip your calories. Uh, chew them. And so I would recommend water obviously is the first one. It's not the obviously the, the most tasty one. And I sometimes struggle drinking water plain too. So if it's a diet soda, if it's using one of those me zero calorie meals and you're squeezing it in your water, if it's, you know, a Gatorade or Perel uh, zero, um, you know, there's a bunch Perel. of even, yeah. So there's a bunch of different uh, sodas out there Shampoo. that and <laughs> drinks that are zero calorie. Pruno. I tell oh, you what, I'm not drinking. I'm not, I'm not drinking a lot of Perel. Oh, yeah, I'm not, not drinking yeah, a lot of Perel. Propel, Propel. I'm gonna tie yeah. one on with some <laughs> hand sanitizer <laughs> right now, prison style. <laughs> no, but here's the thing with these diets. I've been through that. Look, I've been through this before. So yeah. a guy like him will come on and they'll go, "Okay, don't sip your calories, eat them." Right? But yeah. it's a slippery slope because then we start sipping them and we drink water, and then next thing, I bet next thing you'll say is, "Don't eat your calories either." About it, you got to eat your calories. You got to, you got to, right? And right, uh, the dude was talking about how he's gonna stop drinking milkshakes, and that's a great example, right? You know, <laughs> one milkshake is not gonna kill you, but when you start adding up milkshake after milkshake after milkshake, right? Then it's like, oh man, well, 
you know, what boys am I doing here? here? And, hey, you got to feed yeah, the machine, though, exactly. right? I mean, there's too, if you cut out too much calories, do, is it is it too? People tell you if you if you stop eating too much and you don't feed the machine when you're yeah. working out and stuff, you'll hang on to that fat stuff. Is there a happy medium there? Or is that complete BS? Well, no, obviously you have to, right? You have to have your body, your body runs on calories, right? Your body uses those calories to create energy so that you can go do all this exercise so that your organs and your brain can function and all these other things. So I am not saying you need to cut out all the calories in the world. What I'm saying is instead of drinking, you know, three Dr. Peppers and having 400 calories in those drinks throughout the day, drink diet, Dr. Pepper, keep that 400 calories. And maybe you cut out the 400 calories because you're already not, you know, you're trying to lose weight and you're in a caloric surplus, which is you're taking in too many calories with what you're already consuming. So when you cut out those 400 calories, it bumps you down. And now all of a sudden your body is burning more calories than you're consuming, which is how you lose weight. Right. right. Or maybe you say you have those 400 calories and you cut it out and then you, you know, go eat a chicken sandwich is which is going to fuel your body and actually provide some nutrients to you. So you might have missed this while you're away, but there was a story that ran in the Daily Mail uh, last week and it said a supermarket worker drank 30 cans of Pepsi a day for 20 years. He finally got cured by going through hypnosis. He said it cost him 140,000 pounds. He was spending uh, over 70,000, 7,000 pounds a year, which is like 7,800 bucks, I think, uh, I think in U.S. dollars. Uh, but for some reason, he didn't become like uh, like a big giant like monster and explode or pop like a tick from sugar. Um, does your body at some point just say like, Look, you're you're just hitting me with too much stuff and it just goes right through you. Like, was he peeing Pepsi at this point? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I think if you look at a bunch of different people's <laughs> diets, there's some genetics involved. There's some other things involved. You got people who can go eat and do a bunch of different stuff. I think if you got a you know a thousand people and you gave them that amount of sugar, uh, he's probably not the average person what they'd look like after 20 years. So that's what my argument would be. And I would probably say he probably has some diabetes or some other issues when you look a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, over just you know being overweight or you know having having uh, problems, uh, you know, with that kind of things. So I got a question about hydration, right? Yeah. Okay. Don't drink, don't sip your calories, right? Mm-hmm. Eat them. I get that. That's hundred percent. So what is the best? Is it straight up water or are there substitutes there? If you don't like drinking water is say, say green tea or, or cool tea, you know, like a it, unsweetened, uh, iced tea that type, is that good for hydration and recovery from working out that type of stuff and, 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 and keeping your body fit. Yeah, I think there's balance, right? I think a lot of people should, everyone should be drinking some water throughout the day. Mm -hmm. But if you like green tea or you like coffee or you like some type of, even if you like a soda, you can have a soda every once in a while. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, you know, if all you're drinking is Mountain Dew while driving down the highway, you know, you're probably, you know, leaving some calories, you know, you're consuming more calories than you need, you should be. um, Or, you know, you're, you're not having able to, consume more calories or get into a caloric deficit so that you can lose weight. And so I I think you can drink water. I think you can drink, you know, you can, there's a ton of different things that you can add to water to increase flavoring. Um, and you know, a tea is awesome. Coffee's awesome. And some of these, uh, some of these like sports drinks, you got to watch out with the amount of sugar that they're in. But, um, if you get a zero calorie one, it's awesome as well. Nice, 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 nice. So we talk about uh, fitness as well. How important is rest to your fitness? 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think sleep is something that is, you know, really important, especially when you look at drivers. And, you know, right now, a lot of people are talking about sleep apnea, and that's, you know, drivers and, and other people uh, within the industry as well. But I think sleep needs to be a priority. And if it's something that falls off, you know, you, you can eat perfectly uh, healthy, you can, you know, work out and everything, but you're still going to feel like crap, to be honest, especially if you do it day after day after day. So I think, you know, trying to get that six to eight hours a night is something that could be really beneficial for your health, for your mental health as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's take them to the wheel of stupid questions, right? All right. So Mark, what's a mystery from your life that drives you nuts and you don't have an answer to? Okay. I have kind of been going a little bit deep into the alien conversation Mm. and just kind of like on my, I take an afternoon walk and the other day I was walking and just kind of, you know, had one of those moments where you just feel like a dot in this ginormous world. And you're like thinking about how big the universe is. And I'm like, okay, you know, I I think there's gotta be aliens out there at some point. What, What do you guys think? Well, you know, I was on a beach in San Clemente, and mine is actually seeing a, uh, I, don't, I mean, it was a UFO. I don't know if it was an alien UFO, but it was an unidentified flying object. And it, it moved over the beach, and it, it took a turn in such a way that it couldn't have been, like, it was, like, moving as fast as a meteor, but it turned on a dime, which, like, couldn't have been a meteor or a spaceship. So I have no idea. It was late at night. I was out with my friends. We may have been having a party on the beach when I did see this thing. But, I, but me and my other buddy, we saw just something, like, out of the ordinary. The other one was... Speaking of aliens, this is mine is also Independence Day 4. When that movie came out, I was like 16 and a half, and I just got in my car, and I parked it at the movie theater with my buddies, and we came out, someone vandalized my car. So I want to find the MF-er who did that. That's mine. <laughs> That's, mine. That's your mystery? <laughs> yeah, I still want vengeance, even though it happened when I was 16. I still want vengeance. There's no statute of limitations on hate. Okay. Thank, Mark, thank no, you so isn't. much. Go to backthetruckup.com, read his latest article, and it'll teach you. How to get fit and go to what's your uh, awesome. your main website as well that I can send people to? Truckingfit.com. Truckingfit.com. So look up the Trucking Fitness Company on any uh, social media or on Google. Love All right, it. we'll let you get back Love to working it. off that gelato. Welcome back from Greece. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Take it easy. All right, with fully furnished state-of-the-art repair trucks and a full array of roadside tools, you can expect the safest, fastest, and most painless response for your fleet from Love's Truck Care and Speedco. To learn more about their roadside assistance, tell them, dude. Hey, go to www.loves.com immediately after the show. You can skip the www. All right, happy (laughs) birthday to little baby Justin. Now, we got Justin and Rooster here. Today is this two-year-old. His boys just turned two. To what does it say? To the moon? To the moon. Justin Rooster, welcome to the show. Oh. He's muted. Hey, hey. There he is. There we go. No, you're good. We got you now. <laughs> All right. What, what's the plan for the party? What are you what's up today at the house? At the house, not so much. Uh last weekend we had a big family get together with uh, uh, now he's muted again. My brother in law. Uh oh, muted again? No. no, I don't know. I don't know. Something's going on with our audio. You're good. Now? Go. You're good. I got okay. him. You, you yeah, know? we we did uh, the celebration last weekend. I think today is going to be more of like a chill uh, after daycare kind of hang. Nice. Very well. Cool. No, it's Very not cool. chill. Double brokering. In fact, it sucks. Right. I got an email on LinkedIn or a DM on LinkedIn yeah. a week ago. Someone said, "Good morning, sir. I'm writing to you from an asset based carrier. I won't even say where they're headquartered just yet because I don't know if they want to be identified." Uh, 
They used a large broker. I think they got their MC number stolen. All this rooster looked into it. I sent this 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 gentleman over to him or gentlewoman, I guess. Since I guess I don't know. We'll talk to rooster. Rooster, can we talk about what company this is? What happened to them? Give me the story here. Well, right now it's still up under federal investigation by the U.S. Postal Service Inspector General's office, but we Ooh. do looks like we have a case of financial fraud. Uh, based on what happened, this gentleman's uh, MC dot number, USDOT number, got used by a double broker in order to book freight uh, over over at least a dozen times. And we kind of had a talk with him on Monday about what was going on, what the situation was. Uh, just got through uh, finishing up the article about an hour ago. It's live up on backtotruckup.com now. And uh, it's not pretty. I mean, this is his professional reputation that's being, being damaged right now. So we're trying to keep his name out of the press. But the situation goes, it's it's not kind of like looking real good. Uh, it, it's been since February that this has been going on. And so we're kind of expecting the 90 to 120 day uh, contracts to start calling the guy. And so we're having to kind of watch this pretty closely. Wait, so what, what happened? If I understand not, this correct, hold on. I just want to clarify this because I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused here, uh, and the audience may be too. So, um, are, so they're saying that someone took their number and they put they, they are pretending to be their company on a load board? Is that, is that what's happening here? Yes. Now, I got a question, though. Is that the same thing as double brokering, or, or is this fraud? Are they, they, they're, they're, two, they're two bad things, but are, are they, they're not the same thing, are they? Yeah, it's basically the same thing because what you'd have in double brokering is these guys will go out, they'll set up a, a shell company, a shell, a shell trucking company, then a shell brokerage. And what they'll do is they'll have the, the trucking company buy the load off the load board. Then they'll take that information, go to their shell brokerage and put that back up on a different load board. Sometimes the same load board, those not keeping track of it. So they're laundering you know, the load. Right? Yeah. I get it. Okay, I get it. So they're, they're laundering, laundering the money laundering, laundering, financial information laundering. And so, and just laundering who the who the supplier of the load is by by change. That makes sense. So there was an article Clarissa Haas put out about a year ago, right? And it was talking, there's a gentleman in that article who he is his sort of like these guys, right? He was subject to some of these scams. He was, he was sick of double brokering. And he he compiled a spreadsheet that as of 2021, it probably has more now. It only it had six hundred oh, different like shell trucking company yeah. names, yeah, right, yeah, Rooster? Yeah. I don't know exactly when he started it, but in May, the the information he had built up was about 500 different shell companies that was involved in double brokering down in Southern California. And by July, it had grown to 600. If that spreadsheet still being still going now, God knows how many's on there. But you know, it's costed in that amount of time, it costs nearly 100 million dollars. And you know, this double brokering scam. So, so it's unbelievable. But th- that's how pervasive it is. But is it like, is it one of those things where you don't even know how much it's caused companies? Because not everybody would want to report they're a victim of double brokering because then the shipper might know about it uh, and it yeah, could get really murky. Your security's so, breached. Yeah, you'd have to like kind of have to be in a situation to report yeah. this like your identity was was stolen, right? Yeah. Otherwise, like what, unless it's really, really pervasive, why else would you, you say anything? So the scope of this could actually be a lot worse, could it not? Yeah, I mean... It's your professional reputation online. It, you know, we all talk about how important first impressions are with a company. So when these guys came, uh, reached out to us, you know, 
one of the main things I want to do was protect their identity because, you know, they're already known name and I you know kind of didn't want this to get out there and harm their reputation. But it, it's, it's something that keep that's been going on for, you know, several years and it apparently is only getting worse, especially when rates are so low as they are now, they're having to work double time, you know, just to make enough money off the, the, I believe the national truck load index is now under $2 a mile, uh, excluding fuel. So, you know, it's, uh, rates are getting cheap, you know? Well, before yeah. we move on from this, what can they, what can someone do to protect themselves from at least this scam that they found themselves? Is there anything you can do? Is it that easy that someone can just take your, your information, your, your carrier number and just set up a shell company? Is it's, it's that simple. Like couldn't the DATs of the world come up with a better preventative measure for this? Well, one thing, you know, one thing I said in the article, like two-factor authentication is everything in our lives now. Why is mm -hmm. there not some form of two-factor authentication to verify that these transactions are legitimate? Another thing is get to know your carriers and your brokers personally. That way, if, you know, they suspect, hey, this is not their usual their usual operation, you know, you got a carrier that's been been years dry van fleet also and they're bidding on flatbed or they're bidding on reefer freight you know call them up and say hey are you sure you want to do this that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense go read his article it's up on back the truck up dot com um they're moving excellent. on to our next thing here so you gentlemen you just launched your first audio podcast it's back the truck up the same as the site you can find it on apple podcast spotify wherever you listen to shows it's not on video it's just audio but we have a clip from it let's take a listen what exactly is it that you're trying to do here i want to do what i've always said from day one i told dc when we were there five years ago you know if you would just let us do our 11 or even 10 however we want to do it in a 24 i said 90 percent of these people would not mind having an eld and we would all go home and that's all I want to do. I want to be able to get back to the way it used to be. A long time ago, we used to run all different hours. And they weren't so micromanaged like they are now. I'm trying to get back to just let me run how I want to run. Mr. Wow. Schmidt, he was talking to Mr. Schmidt. We had talked about here previously on the show. He was trying to get an hours of service exemption for himself. But yeah. Justin, uh, tell us a little bit about the show. What was episode one about and where uh, where can people find it? You can find it just about anywhere you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple, uh, I think even Android podcast. Um, yeah, we basically just recap the headlines of the week. And then because Mr. Schmidt was uh, featured in one of the articles, we brought him on because uh, the TikTok that I did on the article wasn't quite, didn't quite pass the sniff test, according to him. Um, it was actually a really good conversation because one of the points he brought up is you can get your CDL today no, not, not the and but then, what's the show what's the actual show back the truck oh, up the podcast what is that about it's just covering everything we have on the site uh recapping the week's news and then it's the premier podcast by truckers <laughs> for truckers is <laughs> what i'm truckers. trying to pull out of here justin rooster you got a little promo on the show what's the show mean to you uh dude it's everything we're bringing news from you know our standpoint as former drivers you know i was out for 15 years justin was out for for a while as well with the UPS with the postal service. And, you know, we also have Ingrid Brown on, she's a 
been out for for a while. She's actually going to be a guest on the podcast we're recording after their What the Truck today. But it's, you know, like we said, news for truckers from truckers. We go through, we pick out articles that would, you know, basically be of interest to any driver out there, you know, just to put them out and take some of the technical language out of it to make it a lot more simpler for people to understand. Yeah, truckers talking about the stories that matter to truckers and the yeah, issue that matter to, to truckers. Me. Sounds good. So, th- like I they said, it. it comes out on Thursdays. New one will be coming out tomorrow. So, subscribe to that one. Now, you know, we haven't had a good Karen story in a while, Michael Vincent. Seems Why like Karen is that? Kind of got, I don't know. Did she, go? it, it seemed like Karen didn't make it out of 2021. <laughs> I haven't heard people denigrate the Karen about name. Karen, where'd she go? That came out in 2021. Okay. That was, right. that was almost like wow, a year ago. It seemed like it was that a That was a good ago. movie. Have you guys out there seen the Karen movie on BT? It's fantastic. It's pretty funny. Uh, well, it's hilarious. It's unintentionally hilarious. Anyways, let's let's play this clip. Let's see what Karen's up to. You know, you get to some places and you're parked in a way that you're blocking traffic or your cab sticks out a little bit. And most people just kind of go around you and, you know, go about their day. But for whatever reason, this lady decides to go belligerent on the driver and start throwing cones, even though she had plenty of room to go around and get by. Uh, right here, she proceeds to throw a cone at him, which uh, lands her an assault charge. Uh, the driver said that they have a court date for July 20th. So we'll see what happens from this. Wow. Wow, they're the charging DA? her with assault. And the DA is pressing charges on, on the cone. The cone didn't even hit him. I don't no, know. No, there's no way that cone. And if it did, it probably wouldn't have done J- much. Justin, what is the, um, what's the worst road rage experience you've had while driving a truck? Uh, usually in California, you know, they're notorious for their split speed limits. So you get two semis trying to pass each other, and you can just watch the four-wheelers go insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like putting hornets yeah, in a yeah, jar, yeah, like a hornet's yeah. nest in a jar and just shaking yeah, yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. It really piss people. Yeah, yeah. How about yourself, Rooster? You spent a lot of time out there. You probably have uh, annoyed or or gotten annoyed by a driver or two. <laughs> oh, I've had people break check me about a thousand different times. Luckily, it never made contact. But uh, <sighs> it's especially going into these work zones where you have the lane merges and everybody's trying to you know, get get ahead of you the last second you're having to watch yourself and it, yeah. it gets annoying sometimes i annoy myself i'll find myself going why did i just do that what a jackass yeah. i mean this truck doesn't deserve to be driving near me i'm an idiot yeah, there's a chance like I could have died or something. You know, like, yeah, I, I got to think about I, this a little bit better. Why? There's nothing at the end of this road that's worth it. It's easy to lose yourself, though. Yeah, like, it's lose yourself really, generally. really easy to get into this mind game of I need to be in front of that truck. Well, save no that kind of aggression and confrontation for the crocodiles. Let's take yeah. a look at this. Nope, 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 never again. Nah, nah, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. This has to be in Australia because of the poise that this man just exhibited. Hitting that like it was like uh, just a gnat or a nuisance or someone going too slow in the air. It could be Florida, man. The passing lane. Justin, what's going on there? What are we looking at? Why is this guy hitting an alligator in the snout with a... Or is that a crocodile? I guess it would be a crocodile if it's Australia. Yeah, I guess it's crocodile. I tried to find the source yesterday and I actually stumbled across it on accident this morning. It is from Australia, but... Australia is basically a nation of Florida men, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it really is. So who's going, nope, 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 never again? Is it the crocodile going, eh, I'm not going to run into this guy again? Is someone taking is sub-dollar yeah. loads on the load board, I think. <laughs> that guy. That guy. He's a truck driver on his home time. His home time, it. yeah. Can't, can't, have it, uh, can't have it again. Now, Rooster, you live on a farm. What is your, what's been your strangest encounter with an animal? Uh, strangest encounter with an animal? I don't know. I've, I've had a squirrel land on me a couple of times, and you know, oh, that wow. freaks you out all of a sudden. Like, 
also why while I'm getting hit in the head, all of a sudden there's something furry running around. <laughs> trying to have to beat it off, but uh, I don't know. I, I haven't like... run into any alligators yet. <laughs> no. You ever have a goat spit on you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> fortunately, no. I kind of know enough to st- stay away from them. I have not been butted by a goat. <laughs> uh, I've been bit by a cow, but you know that was. What does that feel like? <laughs> what is that? Their teeth are kind of blunt, right? That didn't, or do they have a lot of force though? Yeah, okay, kind of like a vice grip. Yeah, like yeah, a hippo, we, right? They don't have sharp teeth, but they can bite your head clean. I bet they could bite, they can bite your head We've, clean We've off. discussed yeah. roosters probably got a great ability to go cow tipping, though, right? You probably a good. Have you cow tipped tipping. a cow before, rooster? <laughs> I actually, I have not snuck out middle of the night with cow tipping, but you know, I've taken some people snipe hunting before. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. What about yourself over there, Justin? You sound you look like a little guilty. That face you're making. I grew up a cow farm for a little bit, and yeah, no, they're really heavy. Yeah, the harder than you think. It's not like you just like yeah. walk over and. and oh yeah, no. I the first over. first time I just bounced off. Yeah. <laughs> well, take a look. Here's a picture of Vincent, uh, Michael Vincent, I the dude going yeah. to a fashion show in Milan. Check this no, up. A, so according to according to Vogue, guys, let me know what you think about it. according to Vogue. This is going to be oh. a summer look of 2023. This looks like kind of like a couple. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on in that picture. It's like wear your dad clothes style, but also at the same time, kind of looks like truck stop chic. I, I, uh, that guy's got two ties on, like in Back to the Future 2. I mean, he's literally got two ties on in his suit. He looks like he just got drafted by the world's worst NBA team. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. This guy's got like snake pants You know, on. I'm looking at this going, I've never seen people wear these type of styles anywhere in this, my life. This dude's got like lizard pants on. Yeah, he's got the lot lizard pants on, and he's got the trucker. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think? <laughs> do you guys think so? Just let's start. You think this fashion's gonna gonna take off? No. I think we can all pull it off. So I hope it does. I mean, this this is this is an easy look for all of us to do. Maybe North Hollywood. That looks like Cholo meets Back to the Future meets, uh, yeah. you know, little bling. Yeah, I don't get it. I, how, how often do you yeah. think those guys get refused a bathroom? Well, you know, if you zoom in on the pictures, it's sort of like everything looks like really junky. Like those look like like Jenko khaki Jenko yes. jeans or like Wranglers or something. But when you zoom in on the logos, like I imagine these guys or the fashion companies spent like thousands of dollars putting these people in clothing that is like you know, much too big for them. It looks kind of disheveled. I got to say I'm into it, though. I hope it sticks. I hope it sticks. A fashion week. All right. Which outfit would you? Uh, which outfit's you, Rooster? You, you the two tie guy? Uh, no, but I'm kind of. If we're talking like trucker looks, I'm, we're we're missing the uh, flip flops, Crocs. You know, you know, uh, they're all wearing tennis shoes. You know, we're, mi- that, we're missing the flip flop chic here. I, and that's the thing too. You know, these these these. Uh, right. who, what do they call it? Hot couture or whatever. These couturists. Up in uh, France, they think they're so smart. Maybe they should actually get like a truck driver on staff or, or actually visit a, uh, a truck stop. He does sliders with socks, dude. Speaking of trucks, so I don't know if this guy's really a driver or not. Let's take a look at this picture. So somebody decided to rob a bank. Somebody decided to rob a bank using a Swift truck, it appears. Fox 13, and this was, whoa, Arkansas. Okay, a man is on the run. He's on the He got away? Yeah, this dude got away, dude. He's on the run after stealing money from an Arkansas bank and then using that. It looks like allegedly, it looks like a Swift truck to me from this distance. Some people said Warner. I think I see the shield on there. I think Justin, you pointed out the shield. Uh, I think I think you're right. Yeah, the the bumpers painted, so that's how all their trucks look. And you can just barely, like on the left side, it kind of looks like the shield badge. Middle of the day, 1 p.m. Marion police say he entered at 1 p.m. on Tuesday, June 21st. (laughs) 
Uh, he walked up to the teller. He demanded money and loaded the stolen cash in a duffel bag. Very classic bag robbery, except for the truck that he runs in trucks. Trucks which have, like, identifying numbers and company names and license plates all over them. <laughs> Logos. It, is Logos. this a good getaway vehicle? Yeah. Rooster, is it a good getaway vehicle if it's stolen? Well, that's the next question I had to think. It was a stolen truck. I mean, Marion, Arkansas is right above West <laughs> Memphis, which if you know West, who hangs, who's that king of Memphis is Swift. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if this is a stolen truck or not, but uh, I'm waiting for a press whole... release because you know they're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> Rooster, mystery, was double broker, though. mystery from life that drives you insane. One word answer. Dryers. Dryers. How about you, Justin? The pyramids. Pyramids. He still wants to know a very good one. This is very alien-centric. Did you say one? I didn't, but it is uh, soda pop sold as leaders. Why? Oh, that's just the only thing. Why is it the only thing sold in leaders? I don't know. Follow us at Toonie Tuner on Twitter. Find him at Vince the Dude. Go to backtruckup.com. See you later.